and welcome to Ignite Your Purpose. I am your host, Karam Zafra-Vera. Join me here every week for your weekly inspiration and guidance call. We're going to empower you, create enthusiasm, plant a seed, to recognize and peel off the layers to see your true, beautiful I am. Our guests will definitely motivate you to take action today, to create a new belief, and ignite your soul for more of this gift of life. So join us today, here. Tune in now. Good morning and welcome back to Ignite Your Purpose. I am your host, Karam, and I have an awesome guest today, and we're going to have a zesty conversation, and you're going to know why I use the word zesty very soon. Hello, Linda. Hello, Karam. Thank you so much for having me on. It's an honor. I follow many of your great guests you've already had on. Thank you, Linda. Um, it is so good to have you here. I want to first introduce you to our audience, Miss Linda Bablick. She is a coach and she's a speaker. She's an author. She is the founder of Zest Your Life, um, Zest Your Business, creator of numerous courses and programs. She has had an enormous of experience. She also is the number one international bestseller of Zest Your Life, A Taste of Your Inner Wisdom. Um, and it is encoded with ancient wisdom teachings. Um, former host of, let me see if I get the name correctly, Momondays in Ottawa. Right? Yes. It's interesting. I've known you, Linda, for, let's see, I've been in Fem City for about almost three years. And we've talked and we've had the conversation back and forth. We've spoken about different things. And I didn't realize all of this history and experience that you have behind your belt. It's really awesome and fascinating too. And I love that now today we're going to get to talk and you're going to get to share your experience with our listeners. So how awesome is that? Thank you. Yes, yes. And so for the for our listeners, if you've ever seen or if you see her in her social media platforms, Linda is always wearing red and orange, <laughs> like this beautiful red. And it's, it's actually it's beautiful marketing because it's um, behind her book Zesty. Everything she does, she puts in that zesty flavor, the color and her her smile and just her personality is just um, exactly a reflection of um, the zesty book that she has uh, written. So congratulations on all of that. Thank you. Someone once told me that branding is a promise fulfilled and I promise zest and that's what you're going to get. Oh, that's awesome. I love it. I love it. I love it. You know, it's interesting because not everybody understands the marketing. And it was um, I had said to somebody else, you know, it wasn't because of the particular marketing in an organization that it caught my attention and it brought me to. And people sometimes don't really put that much emphasis into it. And I, and that's something I've learned from you. Like you put a lot of emphasis in your marketing along with everything. Everything is perfectly aligned. And I love that about your marketing. So Linda, let's get started. So here's the question that I start my guest out with. And obviously the purpose of this, of this podcast is so that we can share our trials and our experiences and that 
there's something that I know that you will say today. There's many things that I know that you will say today, like all of our guest speakers that I know will influence or impact someone, someone that is listening, that needs to hear your words, that needs to hear your wisdom. And so my question for you today is in your experience, what, where or what type of trial or season have you experienced that you have had to face the most growth and fear at the same time in your life? Well, when I was 54 years old, which I later found out was significant, and I'll tell you about that in a minute, uh -huh. I was 54 years old and I was a bit of a lost space. Like I had a home, a husband, a family, all of that. The kids were grown and life was going really well, but there was still a piece inside of me that yeah. felt unfulfilled. Mm -hmm. And I had a friend and two that had been on following the shamanic path. And so... In the summer of 2003, I went on my very first vision quest and I didn't really know what it was. You know, when you read the brochure, you think it's one thing, but then when you get there and you've done it, then you read the brochure and you go, yeah, that's exactly what it was. I just had no idea what I was headed in for. And so let me ask you this just for clarity, you know, clarity for our listeners, a vision quest, explain what that is. So this was led by uh, a group of teachers who had done training with others. So you always want to learn from someone who's right. already been in the path. And a vision quest is there to really help you clarify where you want to go, what you want to do with your life. But mostly in order to be able to see where you want to go, they need to unplug the fear out of your life. So you mm. need to muster up the courage when you're sent on ceremonies to yes. be able to follow through and not go running back and saying, OK, I can't do this. Mm. You know, I mean, something like take a walk. We have 200 acres. Just go take a walk in the woods. For many people, wow. that would be terrifying. Yes. Now, luckily, I lived on eight acres and I was very familiar with walking in the woods. Mm. But people would go, that smells like a skunk. And it was like, that's not a skunk. I can tell the difference between the smell of a skunk and the smell of a bear. And it was oh, a bear. Wow. And a oh, lot of wow. people don't realize <laughs> that the bear smells you before you smell him. And he's long gone. He may have left his set behind, but you're not in danger because he's not going to come after you. There's no grizzlies in Ontario. These are brown oh. bears. So it's a matter oh. of doing that. Like that was our first assignment. They gave us some basic knowledge and mm -hmm. some basic lay of the land, what we could expect. But they said, just go on the land, walk and get grounded. Mm. And that was the start of it is to be able to face those fears. And sometimes we're facing fears we didn't even know we had. Absolutely. And then from there, the ceremonies get more intense. Mm. There was one night, uh, it's called Night on the Mountain of Fear. And when I told my sisters I did this, the two of them were like, we are such fraidy cats. How did you do that? Because I was one of them. The three of us were like, eh, and now we're not. At least I'm not. Yeah. Um, and what you did was, uh, I had my lawn chair, I had my mosquito netting on and all my clothes and everything. And you find a spot and you um, what you do is you build a sacred wheel, a sacred yes. circle. Uh -huh. And bless that you um, make sure that your energies are all safe within. And so there are ceremonies that you do to follow that. And then you're there all night. 
Oh, wow. to go out about nine o'clock at night to get settled because it's still light out at that time where we were. And you don't come out of there until the sun rises. You sit in your chair or stand up or walk around or do whatever you want, but you're in the woods all by yourself all night long. Talk about an experience because I know for a fact that there is many people that cannot sit alone and just listen to their thoughts. Yeah, it's it's you know, I used to be the type of person that I couldn't sit alone at restaurants. I I just I, I don't know why. And but um, my husband was always the type of person that he can do anything on his own. And I used to be the type of person that I was like, no, I'm not going to go into a restaurant and sit by myself or I'm not going to go to a movie by myself. Now I embrace all of that to be on my own, you know, but it is a very scary thing, especially when you're not even aware that those things scare you. Well, somebody asked me, and I was being totally facetious. She said, well, weren't you afraid there were animals? I said, well, I was okay, but there was a herd of elephants that came through to eat the raspberries. Because, of course, you haven't eaten anything, and you have nothing to drink. So there you're getting the visions. Yeah. And she said, really? I didn't know they had elephants there. I, <laughs> I saw elephants. I didn't tell you they were elephants there. I saw <laughs> elephants walking, oh all heard of them walk through the raspberry patch. <laughs> so you will have different visions. And that's, yes. that was my first experience was the vision quest. And then I stayed with that learning and those teachers for um, four or five years. Wow. And so then it got it built into bigger than that. So you had sweat lodges. You built your own sweat lodge. Um, you built your own shelter. And I spent three days and three nights in that shelter with nothing to eat and nothing to drink. Three days? Three days and three nights. Oh, my God, Linda. That's insane. <laughs> I was just thinking, I was like, oh my God, this sounds like amazing. And then she said three days, no eating at night. I was like, oh my God. Yeah, and it works out. You know, you're so I used to say, oh, if I don't eat, if I don't have breakfast, I don't have dinner, I'll have a headache. And my daughter said, You're gonna do that? You're gonna have a splitting headache. And I said, Well, we'll see. You just shift your energy yeah. and you ground your mindset. I and love you say, that. I'm not gonna get a headache. I'm not gonna have any adverse effects. It's all good. Oh my goodness. That's amazing. So what happened? You have you have assigned an assignment. So you have a goal that you're going to meet. You're in there doing work. So you have your notes, you have your questions. And so you work. It's like a think of it as a three-day meditation retreat. And the other big piece that I loved about the shamanism is a word fast. So you know how a food fast. You mm -hmm. eat no food. A right. word fast, you say no words. And nobody could talk to you. So if somebody asked you a question, you go, and, and the newbies would be like, what? What's the matter with her? And they go, oh, she's on a word fast. She can't talk to anybody. Oh, my gosh. That yeah, was that exciting. totally took me to that uh, movie, Eat, Pray, Love with Julia Roberts. Yeah. It just so, totally took me there right now. That and is, I really related to that book. It was just like, oh, yeah, I've lived some of those pieces. Yeah. Oh, my God. So what did you. So how long was this vision quest? The vision quest was the first one I went on was one week long, one week long. And how many have you done? Uh, then I went uh, then I joined. And so that was uh, six times a year 
that we would gather together and do learnings. And then twice a year, we would go on the land. Oh, my goodness. Eight, ten. Yeah, <clears throat> that's amazing. What I mean, the growth that you must have experienced and that I'm sure you can look back and connect the dots. Yeah. Tell me about it. And, and, and I know that you went in there because there was something within you that was seeking for more. Yes. Did you find it? Did you discover it? <laughs> Did you know when you discovered it? It's not an it, I don't think, because you just discover and awaken more pieces of yourself because we dumb ourselves down, we numb ourselves out, and we don't really dig deep. And then it bubbles up to the surface in certain behaviors. Yes. And that was the biggest difference for me. And my second year teacher, I love her to bits, she said in front of the whole class, she said, you know, Linda, you're going to be a real nice person if you could ever let go of that self-importance. Oh my and I went, goodness. what? I'm not self-important. <laughs> what makes you say I'm self-important? And the class thought we were having a fight. We weren't. I was just telling you, oh my, you are right. Because the other side of self-importance is self-pity. Yes. It's like, oh, poor the me. The opposite end of the stick. Exactly. Just the other side is poor me. The other one is I'm all ego. Mm. So yes. once I tamed that down and realized that that just came from fear and insecurity, and in my opinion, there are only two emotions, fear and love. Mm -hmm. And fear conjures up anger, bitterness, yes. self-importance, self-pity. Yes. They all come out of that same bundle. And then once I could move on from that, it's like, oh, yeah, that's self-important rearing up again. Mm -hmm. Then I could just be much more authentic and most important. And our mutual friend Elaine told me this. She said, Linda, you have changed so much from the time I first met you to the way you are now. So authentic, happy. I had a sadness in my heart that mm. it passed. It healed. You know, yeah, there's always scars, but scars right. just mean you've healed. Right, right. Yeah. It's not a big I love that. I love that. That's something to hold on to for a second. Scars are a sign of healing. Mm -hmm. Let that simmer and sink in. That is very profound. You know, most people don't look at it as something to look forward to, the scar to look forward to, you know, but it is. It's very profound. And so you received healing in the process of all of this. Absolutely. If you're hurting, you need healing. And that really, then that's how you build resilience is through the the wound the it's better to have a scar than a big open gaping wound absolutely and then you have the scar then you have the resilience mm -hmm. uh, i'd yeah. been through a lot and it just took me until i was 54 which is one of the teachings that i learned in the shamanic was about the sacred moon cycles which i now teach and i love it so mm -hmm. you go on a major chaotic journey every 27 years so mm -hmm. my 54th was a major chaotic journey yeah wow that that's uh that's profound and 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 i want to dive in even deeper into that but <laughs> then we would totally derail from the conversations that we're having but wow and it's just to tell you again you know i think at, at, at a point and i and so i feel that a healing comes not only because it's needed but because you're also ready to receive 
And I think that by, at least my belief, by you placing yourself into this quest and being brave and diving into that deeper level of self-discovery, because that's what you're doing, allowed you to then be able to heal because then it's like other things. We think we healed something, but it's healed in the surface, not deep inside. And, and you received a, a level of healing that was beyond the surface. It was deep layers. Yeah. And there are certain points in your body, like just before I went out on my first um, ceremony, there were several, I said, oh, I don't feel good. I don't know if I could do this. And then they just had me sit down and they shifted what's called the A point. And I do this with people and it's like, here, I'll just shift your energy. And then you just ground it right down. And they're like, oh, that feels better. And, and then you give them a slap in the back. <laughs> so it's like, oh, well, that knocked that crap out of me. Yeah. I'm better now. And I've done that with my women's retreats. Whenever I gather a circle together, if somebody needs to be shifted, it's there are some ceremonies, rituals, techniques that you can use to immediately shift the body into mm. a better place. Wow. Yeah, that's 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 so good. And there is. And I mean, I've I've recently gone into the signs, the you know, the the moon and all of these things. And there's I, I want to dive in deep into it. And there's just so much to learn from there, you know, but amazing. So what's what happened next? So you came through these vision quests and then you saw you felt the healing which must have been like a sense of so much ease and peace in your life. I didn't really know what had happened until I was there doing a ceremony. We do a dance to a tree back and forth. You're all day out there. And then I had a vision and it was a triangle and it has uh, S at the top, L on the left and B on the right. Mm. And I said, so what is this? And it said, be of service in love and beauty. And that's my mission. Wow. In service in love and beauty. And that guides everything I do. And then I went, oh, isn't that interesting? Those are my initials. L-S-B. Oh, wow. Yeah. That was, that was pretty funky. It was like, okay, well, that's pretty clear. That's <laughs> my sacred contract. That's what I'm here to do in the world is to be of service in love and beauty. And, you know, before we came on the air, I said, how can I best serve your right. listeners? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is amazing. That is so good. So good. Wow. And then it led you into this direction of you in, in this field of coaching. And and then and I know that you did, you know, you hosted uh, retreats and shows and so forth. So that was your way of showing up in service, and love and beauty. Yeah. And I had uh, a corporate program call and I was teaching it to uh, auto parts suppliers <coughs> um, Excuse me. and it's called Fundamentals of Leadership. And I had written the program, four modules, 16 hours of training. I had done all that. And then I went on my vision quest and then I had the opportunity to teach it again. And I went, oh, it's completely aligned completely aligned effective conversations we learn a lot about listening how yeah. to read the energies problem solving 
mm-hmm. conflict resolution, and focus on people. Mm-hmm. And when I taught it again, I thought, wow, that is something. And yeah. I didn't realize that I was probably downloading that from the divine, having mm-hmm. that written as a program before. And then when I wrote my book, after the opportunity of teaching that material, then I encoded my book with it because I didn't, I didn't want to sound off the wall woo-woo. And now I realize everybody wants more to their life. Everybody wants to connect with their own insight. They want to raise their own awareness of their inner self. Mm -hmm. Expand that. Absolutely. Now I know that's what I'm here to do is to Mm -hmm. work with people to expand their awareness of themselves and the love for themselves. And that's a big thing I learned doing these shamanic teachings. I really learned to love myself and I didn't have to be self-important anymore. Mm. Interesting how, you know, and, and so many of us can look at that and really learn from that statement right there because when we feel that we need to be wanted, when we feel that we need to be loved, when we feel that we need to, that somebody needs to make us happy, like all these perceptions and beliefs that we have, that people have, it all comes down is to the lack of love that you have for yourself. Because the moment you do love yourself, the moment that you take care of yourself, the moment that you put yourself first, all of those worries and beliefs kind of diminish. Because, and, and, and I say this always to my clients too, it's like personal development, personal growth, self-discovery, is a selfish. This is where you really tap into understanding and knowing what it is to be selfish. Because if you don't pour into yourself first, we don't, we can't pour into anybody else. And it always goes back to, you know, the perfect analogy on the plane, you know, put the mask on yourself first before your child. And people can look at that and they can say, oh, well, this, this and that. But if you really think about it, it pertains to everything in your life. It pertains to what the type of relationship you have of yourself will dictate the relationship that you can have with others, the love that you have for yourself, you know? And, and if not, then you're always doing things that will lead to some type of expectation from others. And then you're worrying about, are they happy? Are they not happy? Are they this? You know, are you, you're always, and I play that role, Linda, so much. Oh my God. I played that role so much for so many years. And when I realized that, what am I doing? Like, why did I take that responsibility for myself? Like, who gave it to me? Nobody. You just take it on. Yeah. And it's amazing. It amounts to, it's fear of being unlovable. Yes. So we do that. That's our, it always comes back to fear and the fear of being unlovable. And then we become rescuers. Then we're on the codependency triangle. Yes. So what happens when I rescue that person? I make them a victim. Yeah. And then I'm not happy about that. So then I'm the persecutor. Why do I always have to help you? Why do I always yes, have to bail yes. you out? And yes. we can bounce from victim to rescuer to persecutor. Oh my gosh. On all those three, like this. Absolutely. I had a mentor that two years ago that said, made me see things like it just, you know, sometimes they just say one thing and you're like, boom, like it just, you know, fireworks. And one of the things that she said to me was, When you're doing favors because you can't say no, right? And when you're doing favors for somebody else, 
is not the favor that you're doing. You're actually insulting them because you're saying that you're doing it for them because you don't believe they can even do it for themselves. And what is that saying about them? Right. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And it was so funny because I started going around the house saying, no, 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 no. My kids would ask me and I'm like, no. (laughs) And I got into a relationship with the word no. You know, again, it's just different little things that make such a big impact um, to so many and in, in our path. And you're so on. right. I'm going to pick you up on that point because yes. that was one of my assignments. They mm-hmm. give you a warrior task assignment. And mm-hmm. my assignment was to say no. Yes. That's why I can't say no to she. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can. You can. Yeah. And just say no. Whatever it is, say no. And you're right. It's a big challenge. It but is. once you overcome that, you're saying yes to yourself. Mm-hmm. Yes. Absolutely. And, and, you know, and we have to, and I remember reminding myself why I was saying no. And I also remember saying, having thoughts of like, well, just one time, you know, or just this, or, you know, and it just, I mean, that challenge um, that I gave myself to do, you know, when I had a sense of that clarity, I was like, it, I no longer, it deleted and I released the guiltiness I released um, all these expectations, like, and I actually understood other family members that were so easily, like my brother can say no and not have absolutely any, you know, any emotion attached to it. And I would be like, you know, and now I can say no and have the same clarity and peace and ease in my heart and not have the guilty conscious, the worryment that I would worry for hours of how this person was going to feel or how they were going to feel or what were they thinking? Like the positions that we put ourselves in and the stories we create that have absolutely nothing to do with us. Yeah, and you're right, we create expectations. If I do something for you, then I expect you to be grateful. Yes. And if you don't come on my scale of gratitude that I expected for the amount of effort I put for, oh my goodness, it gets yes. so complex. It does. It's a nightmare. And our whole life, the day just gets ruined. I mean, again, then we, like, if you can sit back and, and look at those things, like, how are you creating every day? This is the life you're creating and you don't even realize it. And it can be so simple. Yeah. But there has to be a sense of clarity and there has to be a sense of understanding. And that's where it comes for, you know, first you. And um, when you when you pour into yourself, then you're able to pour into other people and then people pick it up. People mm-hmm. pick up the change. People pick up the senses. People pick up what they could ask you or not ask you for. You know, so it's, it's very interesting. In the process. And we need to give other people the opportunity. I've been asked to sit on boards. It's like, no. I'm not sharing that or to be the head of Femme City in Ottawa. I said, no, I had my show for three years. Somebody else that doesn't know how to do this needs to pick it up so they can gain the experience and they can figure it out. You know, if we're always mashing the potatoes for them, they'll never learn to mash their own. So we need to say, no, figure it out. You can do this. And if it works, great. And if it doesn't, maybe it wasn't your time. But Mm -hmm. it's not up to us because we're good at something I don't have to keep doing the same thing I'm good at. Yes. I want to learn something beyond that. 
Mm-hmm. And that's what keeps most people in that comfort zone is that, like, well, I'm good at this. So this is what I'm going to do. Well, it, you only need to do it up until the point you actually acknowledge that you're good at it. Right. And it's so interesting. And, and this is kind of like on the, on the other end. So I, you know, I do CrossFit and when we're raising into weights and we're building muscle, it's interesting, but the ways that we do, we're not supposed to repeat it five times the same amount of weight. If you do it twice, you're ready to move on to the next one. Right. And it's exactly like in anything else in life, because if we sit too long in something, then we create this bubble of comfort, comfort comfortableness yeah. and we stay there. And then that's where, you know, things kind of stands, gets, gets, you, you kind of see that hit that plateau. Yeah. There's no learning going on. Right. Absolutely. That's the difference. I think that's what makes people old is mm-hmm. when they stop learning, they have the same routine. They always go to the same McDonald's for mm-hmm. coffee with the same people. They yeah. have the same conversations. They complain about the weather. They complain about the government. They complain, complain, and then just sets their whole day off for being yeah. miserable. And yeah. you see them walk into any McDonald's. Absolutely. They're there. That's what they're doing. And just repeating that same pattern of unhappiness and not setting the intent to have a better life. And early on, I said, it was a point in my life where I was sick for three years and that taught me to, I couldn't do much, to just slow down, calm down and appreciate life. Because you could be dead tomorrow. So more now than ever. Yeah. And I think people have really adapted that the last couple of years to say, you know what? I want to live the life I want to live. And that's why my clients come to me. They come in confusion. And then we need to map out where they're going, where they want to go. What are their big dreams? Mm-hmm. And they gain that clarity about, yeah, yeah. that's what I want in my yeah. life. That's, that's not what I want mm-hmm. in my life. And I'm a big believer in miracles. You can, you say it and it's going to happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what would be your biggest lesson in that journey for you? I didn't know I had that much courage. I didn't know I could let go of the fear, sit on the mountain of fear, you know, do other ceremonies that Mm -hmm. were like, wow, intense. And um, it, I didn't realize I could have that kind of courage. I remember one night going into the woods. I had to do a pipe ceremony. That's part of it, that we have a pipe and you have uh, different things that you do with your pipe. Pouring rain, black, black as night, thunder around, not too close, but thunder close enough that it's like, oh, I hope none of these trees fall down. Mm -hmm. And sitting there with my poncho, pouring rain, And all of a sudden I started to laugh. I thought, and at the time I belonged to a golf country club. (laughs) Oh boy. I wonder if the ladies at the country club, what they would think if they could see me now, (laughs) because all they could see was at the country club. I come in with matching little skirt or a little matching shirt, the matching hat, even had an orange hat. And it's like, yeah. So they had that one image of me. And then I thought, oh, if they could see me now. Yeah. Sitting here <laughs> doing a pipe ceremony in the middle of the pouring rain. Oh my God. Just having a, 
<laughs> courage. You know, interesting enough, we, and, and again, this goes back to the beliefs that we have of ourselves, right? Like we don't give ourselves enough credit to have, to think that we can actually take ourselves through something like that. And the many other things that we face, because if we think about it, there's a period in my life where I was going through a lot of obstacles. And, um, you know, when we're in the middle of those chaos, we don't think about, oh, do I have courage to do this? You just kind of move on and you move forward and you do it. And I remember I had someone that said to me, my God, how, how did you do that? Like, how did you have the strength? And it's like, you don't choose it. It, 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 it shows up because you stepped into it, right? You step into it and it shows up. It's not a question of, can I do it? It's like, you got to deal with it. And yet so many people, so many people have that, that belief or that idea that you can't, you know, I don't, I'm not brave enough. I am not healthy enough. I'm not, you know, this or that, whatever, enough of anything to be or do what it is that their heart is calling them to do. So, yeah, absolutely. That's and powerful. as soon as you say, I am, whatever you say after that's going to fall. Is, it, if yep, you say, I'm afraid, you say. you're going to be afraid. If you say, exactly. I am brave, you will be brave. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Or I can say, I'm terrified, but I'm doing this anyway. Like, mm-hmm. I had no idea when I went to Bolivia and then went to Peru and did the long hike to Machu Picchu. I, I didn't know people had fallen off the trail and died until I was on it. It's not very big. It's not very big at all. You're walking against the wall like this and it's 600 feet down. And it's like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to get through this. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do this and I'm going to get through this. And then you could just appreciate the beauty of walking through bamboo jungles and then having hummingbirds. It's like, oh, that's my granddaughter, Jenna. Just zoom by me to say hello. You know, all of those things you start to pick up and you can, you can listen louder if that makes any sense. Absolutely. Yes. And you have the eyes to see. And that's what I tell people about the shamanic and they encoded in my book. If you have the eyes to see and the heart to understand, you will see those teachings. You will identify them in my book, but if Mm. you have the eyes to see and the heart to understand, then Maybe it's just another nice self-help book and you may not even finish it. Mm, Wow. Big. That was big. Yeah. So good. So good. All righty. So what, what would you, what would be your last piece of advice to our audience, to our listeners? I think having a guide is extremely important because when I was in Bolivia and Peru, we had a guide. There was sometimes you could figure out where the trail was. You could have ended up anywhere. There was nothing around, mm-hmm. you know, where are you going? Well, as far as the eye could see, and he'd say, and over that ridge. Mm-hmm. So having the guide and you just mentioned you had a mentor a couple of years ago mm-hmm. and having a guide to help us to be able Absolutely. to see what we can't see. Mm -hmm. to be able to know what we don't know. And sometimes people have to tell us, you know, Linda, you're really good at the shamanic stuff. That's one of your big superpowers. And you need to be sharing that. It was like, really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, stop hiding it. Because that gives you, that makes me a very different kind of coach. Mm -hmm. 
that other people don't have those kind of experiences that I've had to be able to coach them, to be able to connect to the divine, to be able to connect to the shadow, to be able to take those lessons. And I've interpreted it. I don't talk in the woo-woo, nagual, tonal, mm-hmm. all of those. I adopt it and adapt it for today's world so that people can really understand. So find a guide, read everything you can. Read all the books that you can. There's so much richness in books. And that's where I got started, you know, on the shamanism, the tarot, all kinds of Akashic records I read now, all of that stuff. So much of it came from books. Wow. You know, it was interesting how that we're talking about this because literally this week I have been like, okay. It's time to step up to a whole different level. It's time to, like, I've been, and I've done medicine retreats. I've done type of journeys, you know? And it's interesting because I'm like, I was actually asking universe, it's like, okay, what is the next thing, you know? And interesting enough, we're talking about all of this. And it's just like, so fat, like, you know, you you attract what you need and you you say, you call it in and you bring it in. And, you know, that's what this is all about powerful powerful things i love this conversation this has been so phenomenal um i hope that our listeners have taken all the gold nuggets that you've shared with us linda because you have a lot of gold nuggets and just a lot of strength a lot of expansion you know a lot of i i used to be the type of person that thought that in order to evolve in life we you know not that i don't uh, agree in school no i do i love school and everything but there's such an enormous amount of variety where you can expand and it can impact you in so many ways. And this was just one of them, right? So how can our listeners find you? You can find me at lindababulic.com. B-A-B-U-L-I-C. It's phonetic. Babulic. LindaBabulic.com. And you'll have free gifts there. If you go to the Zest Your Life tab, it'll tell you a little bit more about what I do. And there's a special gift for you there called using how to use the medicine wheel to create your dreams. Nice. Nice. Thank you so much. It has really been awesome talking with you. Um, learning so much about you and uh, just a, a whole different side of you that, you know, just a little bit of networking can do, but never like this. So I love these conversations. Thank you so much for being here, Linda. I appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate you. All right. Till next time. Thanks for tuning in. Follow us for next week's inspirational guest. You can follow me, Karam Zavravera, in all your social media platforms or email me at leapandbelieve at gmail.com.